This is the Time to Refresh podcast with Brad Refresh, the podcast about life, music, traveling, shit, literal shit that is, and weird and wacky stories with Brad and a range of guests from the planet Earth. Feel free to share the pod with your pals, your mom, your neighbor's dog, or even your shrink. It's all fun. You can follow our Facebook group called It's Time to Refresh Community or It's Time to Refresh on Instagram. Write into the pod, ask questions, and share your stories. Enjoy the pod! Hey kid, what time is that? It's time to refresh! Uh, back once again with another episode. This is episode 40 of the It's Time to Refresh podcast. If you haven't um, subscribed yet, go subscribe because we've just hit 1,000 subscribers yesterday. Um, so, big achievement in such a small window of time. I think, would you say 1,000? 1,000 is not bad, yeah, is it? Uh, well, anyways, we've got a little bit of progression, so at least you know you're going to get one person watching the podcast there. <laughs> um, on today's episode, we've got uh, Gibby. Danny Gibson, um, you've used a few aliases as well, haven't you? Yeah. Reactive DJs as well. B-side as well. B-side, yeah. Um, Producer and DJ from, I'm not even going to, where are you from? Rosendale. I'm in in Rosendale, I wouldn't (laughs) even, I'm right here today and I've used the satellite for everything, I don't even know where I am. I thought it was in Berry, to be honest with you. (laughs) But yeah, it's, uh, as I say, like, uh, always rated your work from when when I first met you. and then followed you as you've moved on to do Hard House as well. And I know you still keep your, your toe in the bounce stuff yeah, and no, that as no well. But it's one of them people. I, I do, I've said off pod as well, I want to get more producers on the podcast so we can get talking and about tracks, production, stuff like that, and sort of hear it from a producer's side. Because as, as I say, I've had promoters on, I've had DJs, I've had MCs, I've had a couple of producers, but we haven't really touched into it, sort of thing. Yeah. So what we'll do is um, we'll we'll get your story in that. But first, how have you been? How yeah, are you doing? Good, yeah. Busy, kids, work, you know the usual stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that you put out. You've got a good, um, consistent thing of putting tracks out as well. Like yeah, I mean, I, I tend to what I tend to do is I'll I'll hit it hard for a few weeks. I'd like to get like a bit of a catalogue of tracks going, you know, that I can release over over the year, really. You know, yeah. Rather than trying to do one every week and stuff like that so usually I'll have like three or four tracks built up that yeah. I can put out you know on socials or well I've seen that you that you've obviously you you released bits with me before um but like last year you're doing the is it the EPs for cheeky tracks yeah uh, yeah I start I think the first one was in 2020 you know I first I signed to cheeky tracks I think it was just before lockdown right uh the first one was mint, mint beat it was like a <laughs> Remix bootleg of Welcome to Tomorrow, Miss Peppermint. Yeah, and um, so before we get we'll, we'll get into the, the story from the beginning. What made you do the changeover to to, to Hard House? Because it was you were doing a lot of stuff under the name B side. Yeah, uh, that you was were doing relay records, weren't it? Was yeah, it? and then you were doing like a, a bouncy bits as well as Gibby. Yeah. So what what was the the because it was like a a changeover almost yeah, it was just I mean. pretty stunning I mean uh, I've always been into Hard House you know I actually I liked I've listened to Hard House before I listened to Bounce music yeah. you know I, I like the grittiness of Hard House and you know there's a lot of raw elements in the music which I enjoy mm-hmm. I think it was just a fancy to change to be honest with you you know I'd been I started, first started learning to produce like 2006 just making Bounce uh, I just 
I just like the direction that our house is going as well. It's going back to a lot of the slow, chunkier stuff as well, which I've always been into. You know, like the untidy stuff is fucking yeah. really good as well. Um, what I was going to say to you is, like, we've we've got a similar taste in music when it comes to it. Um, I'm a big fan of like you can tell when you listen to your. Tr- I'm, I'm just assuming your 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 taste in music here, but you can tell when you listen to your tracks. You've you've took a lot of late 90s sort of dutch house yeah. type stuff uh with the with the riff styles that you do and even even like the percussive patterns um when you sometimes when you hear some of your stuff i'm thinking oh you can, i can see he's pulled that sort of from like a a dutch house record yeah or something. yeah, yeah I, I do quite a lot of like sampling one shots you know out of, out of some old tracks really you know even just like one shot percussions and stuff like that and chuck it into it just gives it a nice groove you yeah know? See, I, I, but am I right in thinking that you're into your Dutch stuff? I'm sure yeah, you've yeah, done like yeah. a Dutch mix of it a while. Back yeah, yeah, I did a Dutch mix a few years ago. I've always been into the Dutch stuff, like clubheads and stuff like that. Yeah, so that, as I say, you can you can tell that on your hard house stuff from a mile back. Even when you've got like sometimes you do have them rolling bass lines, you know the the skippy bass yeah, lines, yeah. even hard house. But even like what you've laid it with, it's like you've, it's been pulled from 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 life. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyways, so we'll sort of get into your story then so where did it all start for for you as were you dj gibby all all along or yeah it was well i didn't, I didn't really get a choice for that really because it was my nickname at high school so it kind of just uh kind of yeah. stuck really so where does music come into everything where way back when uh i mean obviously when I was, you know when i was younger i wasn't even into dance music straight away i was into like pop punk and stuff like, that, like blink 182 and we have got a similar taste in music. As well, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I still listen to like quite regular, to be honest. Yeah, you know, it's my gym music, mate. Like when I go to the gym, it's like some Forty One, Blink One Eight Two, My Chemical Romance, uh, The Offspring. Yeah, like, I listen to all that kind of stuff at work all day, to be honest. With you, so class, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first like dance track that I remember getting into originally was Castles in the Sky. Right. You know, when heard it on the TV and all my friends were, you know, mm-hmm. that we all heard it. Thought, oh, fucking, hell, what's that? Class. You know, and start listening. Just start listening to that. Just on the TV channels, really. You know. So what year was it? Say what, two thousand or two, something like that. Uh, probably about two thousand, about two thousand one, maybe right. something like that. I can't remember when it, when it originally came out. Like the, I mean, like the Eurotrans stuff. You know, Alice DJ and stuff. Oh like right. That as a kid, you know, I've, yeah. you know, we enjoyed listening to that. Class, class. It's, 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 I've always said this, and I've said it on loads of episodes as well. That that era is peak era for me. I know times change, and, and like you can go on a dance floor now, and that stuff might not work as well as it did. But like for it's just me, the golden era of dance music, though, isn't it? Really? I yeah, think so. it's. I think <coughs> for our generation as well, it's like what you hear tunes now that come out now, and you can tell that where what they've grew up on. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. when you hear it, it's like oh yeah, you can tell you're into. So. I mean, it's like that. So then when I I got to high school, the first first year of high school, I was two thousand and one. Obviously, all the kids around here, you know, the, the most, most, you either had your people listen to your rock music or you had people that are into, you know, bounce or your dance music. Uh, everyone was into that happy hardcore, you know, bonkers yeah. CDs and stuff like that. So that's where, I, that's the first, where I, you know, religiously started following some kind of form of dance music was happy hardcore. So what, if you don't mind me asking, like, what, what year were you in high school? Like, uh, 2001 started. Right. So I uh, yeah, so you'd have you'd have got like the the back end of like the real like the bonkers, bonkers days, days yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it was uh, people used to, we used to have the copied CDs and stuff like you know like a rarity yeah. if we see an actual bonkers CD. And <laughs> so we used to see them on market like yes, I've got a bonkers CD. Class. So what was what was what style of of the the, the happy hardcore were you into? Uh, like Forston styles, you know, the more mel- melodic and uh, new yeah, and, yeah, definitely, yeah. Class, class. They, they, we were talking off pod, but it's like. 
they were, they were one of them tracks as well. If you listen to them back, all the bass in the in their kick like was in their kick drums because yeah. they used to have like the offbeat that and the offbeat was just literally a mid range sort of. They like, were they were lots of tuned kicks, weren't they? You know, so yeah. it, was, it was part part of the track, weren't it? You know, class, it's class. Um, so yeah, so you've, you're in secondary school and you're listening to that. So what is is ev is everyone on the, the happy hardcore vibe? Uh, most people, yeah. And yeah. then uh, I think it was well, it was my friend Danton who. He brought it was a pay CD. I think it was twenty volume twenty nine with the first pay CD that I listened to. And he brought this yeah. into school. We used to have our CD walking in our blazer pocket, <laughs> earphones up our sleeves. Yeah. And uh, I think it was London Fiesta La La that was on it. I, 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 that was the first like bounce. You know, I thought I listened to this. I thought, fuck yeah, what's that? You know, the, the donk sound. Yeah. And that's where you know, I started looking into it a little bit more. Found some more pay CDs. Class. Class. But then there was a. I don't know if you remember, on Sky TV, there used to be a TV channel back then called Rapture TV. I don't know if you were, yeah. you know, and uh, it used to have li live recordings of nightclubs, right. you know, like live sets and stuff like that. And uh, me and my friend Joe Swifty was watching, staying up one night, watching on it. It was um, on Savage, it were. Right. I can't remember what the event were. It was uh, Emporium or something like that, maybe, I think. I can't remember. Right. I've went back and watched these, by the way, because they're actually available online. Was it not... Um I'm gonna fucking Slinky, gonna, Slinky, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, it yeah Slinky. Slinky at um, oh, where's it? Oh, the op, not the Opera House, uh, Slinky. At, I can't remember where it were, no. It's somewhere in in in. Uh, it's in the Midlands, isn't it? No, I think he's not southeast or something. I, I, I thought it was somewhere like that. Anyways, I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I, I've, I have watched the videos and there's like interviews with them, and then there's the actual yeah, sets and everything. So, yeah. said, so she put a, she played a track. Uh, obviously, at the time, I didn't know what it were, but it was like really hard, fast. And, you know, it had that sound again to it. You know, the donk sound. Yeah. It was Tom's project. Uh, party time, I think it was. Costume. Absolutely unreal, and that's you know again that's where I start looking to hard house and stuff like that from that age, from about eleven year old. She she's a, like, did you say it was a pinup? You said yeah. No, Anne Savage. Anne Savage. Well, uh, even Anne Savage as well. She's always played the bouncy end of hard house, yeah. like very energetic. Um, um, and people like that, they're the ones I listen to. Like, if I'm feeling a day where I'm just like, I just fancy something fast and. Um, because I listen to a lot of music and and like when it, when we listen to like bounce music and I was so, sort of slower tempo stuff, but when I just fancy something fast, my my go tos are say like an Anne Savage mix, uh, Lisa Pinup, yeah. uh, Wayne Johnson. Um, yeah, he made some good tracks actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, even the the Bounce Factory Boys, um, Jamie and Justin, yeah. they put out some things, and I'm, I always find myself going to them, and they've just got so much energy. But it's like the cross between what I like, so it's like. It's like the big bouncy bass lines, but like they've got the hoovers and the acids, and, and it's, I love that that sound. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, so, sort of, when you've watched this, what what's been your reaction to it? Have you tried to go and get the CD, the, the well, final CD, or anything? Because like I, I tried to go look for the CDs because obviously this at this point I wasn't, you know, I had no interest in DJing or anything like that. I'm a, uh, it was just just to listen to really. I used to copy the CDs at school and tape them and stuff like that, and sell them on the school to make a little bit of money. To be honest, with you. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, just just started going to like market stores and st market stores and stuff like that, you know, to get the CDs. Was the was the markets locally for it? Yeah, there was one in Accrington, Custard Cube. It's still a shop actually in town, to be fair. Right. But they had uh, they had all the pay CDs. They had, they had the legit or copies. Yeah, they were copies. Nah, copies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of because uh, our closest market at the time when when I was sort of younger, looking for CDs, we used to have to go to a place called Silith. It's on the coast, and it's like. 45 minutes away from me right so you knew someone had been at the cellar and there was a new cd floating around you know <laughs> what i mean it was one of them there was no like 
local market where there was like dance CDs. Do you know what I mean? There was like little record shops and that, but they would only sell the full CD packs. You wouldn't get like a Wigan P of audio, yeah. for instance. Um, so yeah, so you 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 you've, you've went and got these CDs and you're selling them and stuff like that. What? At what point is it become because everyone? I don't care what anyone says. Anyone I've seen, it becomes a fascination, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. It takes it, over. <laughs> it, it goes from uh, you listen to it and it's like, oh, this is good, and then you show your mate it, and that, and, and then you become obsessed. When does it? When does the obsession come in? Uh, well, me, so my dad used to do a bit of DJ himself, not like club DJ. He used to just do a bit of mobile DJ and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so he had all this equipment always set up in the front to, to practice and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And I used to go, that's where I used to play the CDs on at first, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I, that's when I started playing around with the, you know, the knobs on the mixture and stuff like that. And that's when it started getting obsessive. I thought, you know, I could probably try and give this a go, to be honest with you. Did you know how it worked? So not really, no. I, you know, about, back then, obviously, no tutorials on YouTube or anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, it was... But did, did you know, like, sort of, what, the, what DJs were doing? So did you know... To get from one not, tube not, to the other, not the like time, no. Beaten no, bars. It was just like literally that. like just you know moving the faders and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Everyone, know. everyone starts out like that. I said that on on previous podcasts. I think everyone just is intrigued how it works. Oh, yeah, definitely. They'll give it a a go and then sort of go from there. But as I say, like that's how you've discovered of of the tinkering, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so you're tinkering and um, and what are the cogs turning of how it's how yeah. It works. I'm trying to process how it works, and then obviously uh, we started talking to people, a few people at school about you know. I said I'm messing around, you know, doing this and that. And there was a lad that I went to school with, Ryan Clifford, again still DJs now, one of the Habit DJs. Yeah. And he already had a pair of turntables, you know, vinyls and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's when I started getting a bit more intrigued into it. And I thought you know I could probably try and give this a do. So I started pestering my dad for fucking ages to get me a pair of decks you know for Christmas and stuff like yeah, that yeah. not cheap though are they like I remember asking my mum for them and she'd be like I, the, I remember we used to, we used to get um, I didn't know where to buy them from and can you remember the hard to find record shop yeah, yeah. they used to send you magazines out so yeah, they'd look for them all yeah. days on the days on whatever and then you'd like they'd be like loads of random shit I used to order mail order vinyl new vinyl off there as well um, and I remember I was asking my mum for them, and she was like, have you seen the price of these? You, you'll be bored of them after one, like, oh, a day. And I'm like, no, no, I'm, I've got my heart set on yeah, this. Yeah, well, my dad, my mum and my dad both always said, I just thought it was going to be a phase, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when they first bought them. Yeah. But, um, so, you've you've pestered him for the decks, and then, as, as he given, how long did it take for him to give him? Uh, not long, to be honest with you. I think it was Christmas 2001, maybe 2002, I can't quite remember, who were a pair of Stanton Straight 30s, Dark Drive Turntables, my first pair, which I was pretty fortunate, really, because a lot of the lads had belt drives and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, They're did... the ones I've got now, by the way. Um, I've just, I've never had the... The, the Straight 30s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a solid pair of decks still, to be fair, I'd still use them. <laughs> They're a bit stiffer than the, the Technic, aren't they? Yeah. Like the, the, on it. But yeah, um, they're the ones I, I have. Um, I've never ever thought about upgrading. Uh, just a little side note. Last night I went. I was I was DJing at um, Shiv's birthday and I bumped into... Do you know Aspen? No, I don't no. think so, no. Uh, I bumped into Aspen. Um, he's, he's a lad who's been sort of... He's been on the scene forever. He, he just seems to... Be one of them people who's always been around and i hadn't seen him in about eight years and i seen him yesterday we're having a crack and whatnot and then we're talking about vinyl and stuff and then he uh i don't know we said about I what think I know you mean, actually yeah um what's his, what's his first name i don't know james james aspin yeah i know yeah yeah yeah, course, yeah. big yeah. big big yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Fun, yeah. he's a funny <laughs> fucker uh anyways um 
so we're having a crack and stuff like that about tunes and that. And then he said, "Oh, I've just got these spare pair of Technics um, that have that have been they've, they've been serviced by uh, Pimp My Dex and all, and he's got them for sale. And do you know when the cogs are turning? Yeah. Uh, like I've and, and ever since I've been thinking, and it's the only time I've ever thought about upgrading them because I've had these these starter ones for forever. They, they were like well, they're the, only the second pair of turntables. The first pair I had were." Um, Oh, they were fucking terrible. They were like um, Newmark belt drive ones, but like yeah, the black battle pack ones. Is that what they were? Is that yeah. that? I don't know what they were called. I think it's... everyone had a pair of them at one point. To be honest, yeah. Uh, they were they were grim though. Like the, I was just thinking to myself, I can't DJ here. I'm 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 never gonna learn this. And it was only later on when I had to go on another set of decks. I was mixing. Yeah, you know, you've noticed the difference straight away, don't you? Um, and I was just like what the fuck is going on anyways I went back and it turns out that like one of the decks on the the, the belt that must have been all not connected properly to the to the spinner underneath and when it's doing it just it just slow down randomly it's like so yeah. it spin slow spin and like and it, maybe when he got three quarters of the way around it, it slowed down for a, a thing and i'm like and so when i'm when i was chasing the mix in i'd always lose it like and I'd be like, I'm a shit DJ, I'm never yeah, going to make this, I'm never going to do it. Mistake. You always over-touch it, don't you? You know, yeah. you don't need to as well, you throw it off. Yeah, so so it was just one of them things. And then I, have, I had to go on these direct drives. Uh, I can't remember what they were. I think they were, they, was it 1,200? They weren't 1,210s, they were 1,200s, the, the, small, the smaller deck. The, the silver ones. Yeah, I, th I think so. I'm Honestly, I'm really, I'm the really sure. 1,200s of the silvers, aren't they? And the 1,210s of the black. Uh, well, there were silver ones, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I've got decks now. And I don't even know which ones they are. I know the pioneer ones, but I don't even know. I don't pay attention to model no. numbers because there's like there's so many different ones. All I know is it needs to what it needs to do for me to be able to use it, and that, that's what it Monster is. Stone bloody CD, CDJ one thousands. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's reason I don't use them often, but it does what I need to do. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them things, though. It's like it's like as long as it does the job, I, I, I don't I don't care. Uh, I, what is it I've got? I see. I don't even know what the initials are. Is it RX RX two? Is that yeah. ring a bell? So it's like all in one thing. Yeah. It's so I can plug my my vinyls in on the two channels, and I can plug USBs in, and then after me sorted, I don't need anything else. So that's why I always forget the names of of of, of decks because I don't care. <laughs> like no, it's it's one of them. So yeah. Um, I remember that I got these and I was thinking, why is it not working? And then I had to go on these 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 Technic twelve hundreds, and um, I was thinking, I'm fucking class, mate. Like this is easy. Did you know what I mean? Like you're just doing it away. And it's like it turns out, yeah, when I had a faulty deck, so that's why I couldn't. When I was trying to mix, it wasn't. See, I remember back in the day when I went when I because obviously I had them straight thirties and obviously not as powerful as Technics. When I yeah. first jumped on Technics, I, you know, I struggled for using Technics for years, mate. Yep. Because you know, because I was so used to the low talk of on mine. I, I remember like you know first pair of going on a pair of Technics and I really struggled with them. I still do now. I, I do like um, who was it? Whose Technics were we on? Uh, it was somebody brought it down to our Van Lonely event. Um, we had in this was a few years ago now. It was in GL3 in Whitehaven. And we did it like a vinyl only night, I think. Uh, and I was playing away, and you just you always because I've sat in my room and mixed on these these stantons for, for for years. You go to put your hand on the on the, on the, like the platter, and you yeah. just forget how how loose the. 
the techniques are. So like it maybe takes two or three mixes to get into it, and then once you, you once you go and it's like riding a bike. That's what it? I mean. A bit when I said before, you know, you tend to over touch them on techniques when you don't really need to. You know, once it's in, yeah. it's in, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. the low talk ones, yeah, you have to always play with it. Absolutely. Um, so you've got the, the these set of decks. Um, what was your what was your first vinyl? First vinyl, I didn't even buy it myself. It was a. Uh, I think it was the Paradise and Dreams Force and Styles, but it was like a a cover of it on All Around the World. Oh yeah, I, I know that one. Uh, we'd the Stevie B mix on. Is uh, that one? I can't know. I, I think it was just like a Ultra Beat remix, and I can't I can't remember quite remember to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ultra Beat and Stevie but B. But what yeah. it were, there was a record shop in uh, in Berwick called Vibes. It's not there anymore. And obviously, my mum just went in and you know and said, you know, my, my son's got these these decks. You know, what should I do? They just give me give her a pile of bloody records of yeah. all sorts and their little tribal house and putting <laughs> yeah. these on Christmas Day. They've ripped her off. I like that. Actually, yeah. these that my mum's got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it was the Force and Stars one? Was it a purple sleeve? Yeah, purple sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I right. yeah I'm pretty sure that was. So that might have been like. I think it was probably Christmas 2002 then, but to be honest, I was thinking about the release on it. It's not a bad introduction into, into the thing, that's tune that to be fair. Yeah, like, is, yeah. Um, In fact, yeah, it was the Ultra Beat cover of it. Right. Yeah. I was just trying to remember there, I couldn't remember if, which one it was. I'm, I'm usually pretty, like, my my thing is, because uh, obviously when you get obsessed with what we do and stuff like that, I get obsessive with, like, with with releases, release dates, catalogue numbers, yeah, what sorry. what what record label it went on, um, and then if you discover a new artist on a record label, you you chase what record labels they've released on, and then you find new artists on that, and it, it's it's just one big spiral out of control. Like even now, uh, my missus kicks off to me because when you get deliveries through a couple of times, I still buy vinyl. You see, yeah, I do as well. Yeah, and and it's like. I'm not even going to ask what it is anymore. What's been delivered? Because, like, because our uh, I can't even say this. I won't tell you the full story because because uh, I'll get robbed. But um, <laughs> basically, our our postman, obviously, when the twelve inch doesn't go through the door, he's got somewhere he puts it at hours where because he knows he knows that it's it's my, it's my pride and joy. And if it gets wet or anything, it'll warp. Yeah, yeah. So he he puts it in a in a very secure area by mine. So when I come home and I, I look in there, sometimes I look in because obviously. Some people are quite bad with, with posting, although some people are on the ball and they're fucking, you get it the next day. I'll, I'll look in and if there's no vinyl there. So yeah. I like to do it a couple of times a week, so I've got something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty obsessed with me. I've got a few records there where I've got the same track on four, four or five different labels, just for the sake of having it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I try not to do that, but you can't help it. No, I'm, help I'm, it. I'm yeah. notoriously bad for it. Yep. Um, so yeah, so you're getting all these vinyls and 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 you sort of learn the ways. Did it just click one day for you? Or? Uh, well, so obviously I fully self-taught, you know, about about then. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I started doing were well, listening to the peer CDs, and I, I think it was, I was trying to recreate. You know, I was, try, I was trying to find the records on the CD. Yeah. And basically trying to recreate the CD. Do you know what I mean? Trying to figure out how to make it sound that way and stuff like that. And uh, there was a, a fellow that I used to know called Aidan Johnson. He's a bit older than me. He used to actually babysit for my sister. And he's his friends were DJing at the time. So he, I mean, he come, he kind of like just give you give me a nudge in the right direction. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember when I first started. You know, obviously you throw it on the first beat. I used to count four beats on the record, hold it on the fourth beat, and then count four before, before you drop it in. You know, so I didn't miss it. Yeah. And then I just started playing with it, you know, playing with the, the uh, platters and stuff like that. That's probably the harder way to go around, isn't it, really, when yeah, you think yeah, about definitely. it? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I think everyone's got. It is so. So for me, the, the DJing thing when it clicked, um, I was just I was mixing two of the same tune because yeah, I was trying well, yeah, to figure out how it worked. Well, yeah. Like I was like, if I can get these two, who, which I know they're exactly the same speed in time, I can figure out how the drums are sequenced. Does that make sense? Yeah. In my head, it was like a, it was like a, a science project. It was like right, so if this is this is like sixteen bars of this, and then the bass line. Comes See, it's in like bars and stuff like you know. I, yeah. I didn't even I, I didn't have a, even like, like years on when I was still DJ. I didn't have a clue about bars or anything. Yeah. Like that. You know, I just did it where it sounded right. Do you know what I mean? You know, you, you get that memory, don't you? Yeah. Track where to drop it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly that. Um, but once you figure that out, it all just seems to make sense. Yeah, definitely. And for me, I remember that, <laughs> like, like this is foolish of me to be honest with you. But I remember when um, I first le- when I first learned. Oh, right. So it's this is how a track structured. I thought I can produce music. This is fucking easy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so I'm like, if they're just sticking kick drums there and percussion there and bass line there, I, I can do this. It's no problem. And then obviously you learn fucking hell. Yeah. yeah okay. There's <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more to it than that. But like, cause, cause it seemed like a basic type structure. You just think, oh, anyone can do this. Um, so yeah, so you're DJing and that, um, when was your first gig? Like where, how, how did you get, cause everyone's got a way they got into the scene. How did you get into the scene? So I mean, like first, uh, I started going up uh, up Aslandon where I went to school. Yeah. And but uh, by that point, there were quite a few people. You know, like a pair of decks, and they would you know piss around the bedrooms and stuff like that. So there's a uh, one of my old friends, Owen, Owen. I went up to his house one day, and he had a lot of the lads in there. You know, because he had a pair of decks, and yeah. they're all there struggling to you know beat match and stuff like that. And then uh, Owen just turned around and said, "Gibby can do it." And they're like, no, you fucking can't. I can't, can't, can't see you do be able to do this. And, and so I walked, I had a mix, beat matched it and mixed it. And everyone was like, fuck hell, you can, you can do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's when I started thinking, you know, maybe I should start trying to record this. You know, because I, 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 at that point, I felt like I was getting good enough to maybe record something. This is probably about 2003 now, yeah. late, late 2003. So I recorded a, a, t- it was a tape then, recorded a 45 minute tape with Swifter who, uh, MC yeah yeah and uh, nice lad Joe yeah yeah he's, he's, he's been my best friend for I think he's like 23 years now something like that canals <laughs> so, so track that in yeah, <laughs> it is uh, so anyway we recorded it you know like a lot of the cheeky tracks on it and stuff like that yeah and, I think um, of it's time isn't it yeah there was a record shop that hadn't long been opened in Accrington DJ's only obviously I didn't know the fellow who owned it at the time it was stempy, but we seen when we used to go in the shop, we seen like uh, posters everywhere, under 18s events and stuff like that. A yeah. place called Eden in Accrington, little little nightclub. So we walked in, no nervous as anything. I said, you know, do you take, will you take this tape to have a listen to? So anyway, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll have a listen. A uh, couple of weeks went by. I went, no, I'm sorry, about, I think it was about a week. So I rang his shop and uh, I said, you know, did you get a chance to listen to that tape? What tape? Who is it? I was like, my heart sank. Like, so I give up. Oh yeah, yeah. Listen to it. Yeah, yeah. You're on. You're on on Friday. At this under 18s night. You know, I was only 14 at the time. That would have been 2004. It were. Yeah. September 2004, the first booking, and uh, me and Joe turned. Aiden, who were all us, drove us there. We turned up. Me and Joe. Bear in mind, I'd never actually been in a nightclub before this point. I'd never been into a, anything like that. Just Nothing, just out, just yeah. house parties. So we were there waiting outside for the doors to open up for the people to turn up, you know, with the decks and stuff like that. 
So there was a, a lad there called Abner, he was one of the residents there. And he came up and said, you, you must be Gibby and, Gibby and Joe. I said, yeah, yeah, we're just waiting for Stempy to come, you know, to set up. Mm. Yeah, he's running late. So there's one technic in there and he had this fucking black thing under his shoulder. I looked and said, what, what's that? Oh, it's a CDJ. I'd never seen one before in my entire life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've not got any CDs. Yeah. It's all right, you mix on the Technic. But again, bearing in mind, I'd never been on a pair of Technics either. Yeah. So we walked into this club. It was only a small place, like, and uh, Adam set up. Anyway, he just put a tune on and fucking how loud it was. Me and George just looked at each other like, wow. You know, like, used to house parties. Yeah, stuff, honestly, yeah. it absolutely blew us away. We were there shouting each other, not being able to talk. You know, we couldn't understand what we were saying or anything like that. Yeah. So I went back to back with Adam, and I was on the Technic, he was on the CDJ, and I'll be honest with you, I fucked it up absolutely royally. Right. <laughs> uh, we all start somewhere, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, like I said, I struggled for quite a while when I first started, you know, doing it in clubs, house parties, I went back to my own setup, and, you know, generally doing all right. But like, the under 18s nights, you know, there was probably nothing special to listen back. Well, I find that the. That the moment you move from a club to um, from a, from a, your bedroom to the club, it's a whole different dynamic. Yeah, do, oh yeah, do you definitely. think so? Like, like for instance, you might turn up sometimes. Like, I'm not speaking for everywhere, but you know, sometimes you might not even have a monitor in uh, in the thing. For well, me, I think that's what blew us away. The monitor in that club, it was so loud, it rumbled. But yeah. never mind, we're only kids, fourteen yeah. year old. You know, the ears were ringing when we left and stuff like that. It was it just blew yeah. us away at first. Well, I, I've noticed, right, this is the thing. Do you know when you see that there's there's a few uh, veterans on the scene and I don't mind, the, they won't mind me saying that uh, I've went on after a couple of people who've been around for a long time and they've got the they've got the volume at about three o'clock on the volume yeah. thing. Their, their ears must be absolutely fucking Hammy. hammered. To three o'clock's like what? It's it's at like eighty percent roughly on the on the on your thing. So you're about eighty percent volume. Shouldn't need to be that loud no, for your see, ears. See, I stopped using monitors quite a few years ago, mate, because I, I get tinnitus in my right ear. It ring, you know, if it's quiet sometimes now, it just rings out. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, when I do when I do do sets live now, I, I literally just keep my headphones on and you know the mix yeah. in the mixer, which I've done for years now. To be fair. I'm I'm a bit of both because I, I like to hear response as well. So yeah. it's, for me, um, if if there's no monitor at all, I have to leave the earphones on because I, I you just can't trust the really reverb in the room. Yeah, that, yeah, so it's because like there's, there's a little bit of times when I've been DJ and it sounded fucking cheap because I've relied on the the delay in the room to try and mix. But yeah, in 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 earphones is probably best. So how did you, how did you find that you've went into these clubs? And it's much bigger than maybe anticipated, like a louder and like how do you how long did it take to adapt to it? Uh it probably took me about a year maybe. I think I mean I played that under eighteens every Friday it was. Was there anyone on with you that was in the scene now? Um I think we at that point we had Scotty G on that had come down a couple of times for yeah. you know national anthems MC. Yeah. Um not DJing wise, no, it was just me, Stempy Adam, there was a, a fella called Carlo as well, we used to do you remember Ace Records? Naughty Boys feel oh, and stuff yes, like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah, he was yeah, the yeah. record owner for that. He right. used to come down and DJ as well. He's from around this area, isn't he? He's from Ramsbottom. Yeah, I yeah. thought so. Um, yeah, I remember there was a couple of tunes back in the day that I was getting, trying to get hold of. I'm sure he's got a Discogs account or something, and I've got onto him um, yeah. at some point. I don't think he's involved at all anymore. I don't think he has been for a while. Yeah. Um, 
But then I think I think what started buzzing off a little a lot more was the fact you know all my friends used to start coming to this on a Friday night you know from school you know yeah. all the girls from school were coming to watch me DJ I was like yeah, buzzing this is you know this yeah. is what it's going to be about you know yeah. what I mean. Um, and then I think it got to late 2004, early 2005. That's when Stempy said, you know, you can do an over 18s night now if you want. I was only, again, only 14 at the time. Yeah. And um, I can't remember who was on that night, to be honest with you. I think, it, again, it was just the residents. We might have had Scott on or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. But that was a scary experience for me as well. You know, I was 14 year old. I was in, bear in mind, Accrington at the time. You know, night, nights out, we were rough. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I haven't played Accrington in, it'd be, what, 10 years now? I think I, I was there that night when you played in Accrington at the Bridge, to be honest, yeah, I remember it. Which night was it? I played in there a few times. I can't remember was, which one it were. You were there. Was it the kickoff night? I think so, yeah. Right. That put me off Accrington for a yeah. long time. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is, I, I went down with, um, with Matt C, um, and, I can't remember who else. Stuarty as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I was there that night. Yeah, and I went, and I was thinking, oh, it's all right. It's not a bad. It's not a bad night. It's uh, there was a few in and stuff like that, and then there was a lot of um, travellers came in, and that's Hackington. <laughs> yeah, and and it, they were just looking to start uh, straight off the bat, like you could see. And then all I remember, it, it was only 10 years ago, I shouldn't be able to remember the full story, but I can't, I can't remember the full story. It was a bit wild, it all happened all at once. All I remember is just a fucking, a, a bar still come right past my head. Past <laughs> and then somebody got through through a window as well, if I remember rightly. Um, and it was just, it turned into a mass brawl and everyone was jumping on top of each other and it was like... Yeah, I backed up yeah. it in a taxi night straight yeah. out there. As soon as I see someone like that, I'm out with me. <laughs> well, I remember just standing behind the decks like, what the fuck? And the bouncer's going, turn that fucking music off! Turn it off now! And I'm like, okay, put the volume <laughs> down. And I was like, I just remember that just, uh, just everyone was just like, what the fuck's going on? And then, yeah, I think it shut down after that. If I'm yeah, not, if I'm not yeah it wasn't so long after the, the bridge, weren't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, the bridge, yeah. It wasn't a bad little place, but as I say, but it was just... It was a bit rough, do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, Accrington, uh, <laughs> great place. Yeah, well, that's where I spent most of my first years DJing, to be honest with you. There was Eden that I did, and then when Eden shut down, probably for the same reasons, yeah. uh, we moved to a place called Lardidas, and everyone around here remembers Lardidas, you know. Was the... uh, did Nitro M used to do that? That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it weren't zone nights, but they used to have, like, I think they had a few of the peer DJs on their occasion, so they used to have a, a main room, like a... I think it was like an 800 capacity room or something like that, yeah. and then you had a little side room as well. Right. So most normal weeks, the main room had your, you know, chart music and stuff like that, and then yeah. the side room at the side used to have bounce music. But I first started doing that. It was uh, Teen Evan, it was called Under 18s, uh, yeah. in, and, that, and that was in the main room. And that's when I first started getting properly into, you know, getting to gr grips with you know DJing live in front of people and stuff like that. Yeah. And that, that was for about two or three years, I think, maybe two years. Right. And then. After that, in Accrington, we moved to Bailey's. This was a yeah. lot later on. This is like 2008, 2009. I can remember Bailey's. So Kinetic Nights, the world they were. Yeah. That's when, you know, that's, and that's when I first started, you know, seeing some of the main names in the scene, do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. At that point, you're getting a bit sad. Stars, like, oh, fuck, that's Ben T, do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so who, who, who was your your first? I know it sounds stupid, but who was your first friend within the scene? Obviously, you've got Swifty and that. Who's your your friend pre pre all this? It would be, be, be Stempy. 
Day, right, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. I, I learned a lot from him back in the day. You know, I used to go yeah. to his shop every Saturday religiously. You know, yeah. even, even not to buy, just to do. You know, I was going chill out. Yeah. My girlfriend at the time at school we used to walk her to work on Saturday morning, and then jump on the bus from Asi to Accrington and yeah. go and chill in his shop all day. Yeah, but it's the best way to be, isn't it? I wish it was still a thing now. Yeah, because some of, you know best days of my life. Some of them, to be fair, just yeah. you know. Even though there was nothing to it, it's just yeah, yeah it's just back fondly, isn't it? Yeah. Looking back fondly. So yeah, so you're starting to get DJing and stuff like that. When what what came next for you? Was there a was there a big uh, moment for you where it sort of? I think where I was, like locally, where I started making more of a name for myself. I mean, in Rosendale was the night amenity, which everyone you know listened to the CDs and stuff yeah. like that around here. And I was t- going to ask you about it. Sorry, um, but um, I, I've I've know you've been linked to it because I've seen you in in the past and that. But were you were you an original? Were you? No, were I weren't an original resident. No. no, no, no. So I mean, uh, when it were at its peak, like two thousand and six at the Cube, it it turned out that at our school, I went. It was a year above us. A, a lad that knew like Eddie Race and stuff like that, and we yeah. got talking. And uh, so Eddie put this night on the Menace Up and Comers in two thousand and six at the Cube. Yeah. And that me and Leash Owen got put on because we, we were getting known around locally as a back-to-back kind of set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he put us on that, and he put us on the main hour there as well. Hmm. I think where did he? Where did, we DJ at a place in Accrington called Upsy Bar for someone's birthday, and all the a few of the amenity lads were there, and they heard me and Owen playing. Hmm. And Eddie, I think you know Eddie obviously liked what he what he heard. But I think what he, what we think were we played a lot different to what the amenity lot played because they all played pretty hard. Do you know what I mean? Hard yeah. and fast. Whereas me and Owen were playing stuff like just normal bounce. Do you know what I mean? A, yeah. A decent steady B, uh, BPM stuff like cruising and stuff like that at the time. Yeah. So they put us on the main hour there, and the CD obviously at the time went online as well, and that's when everyone started you know getting to know who we were really locally. Yeah. So then. What so you've done up and comers night and then, and then what you've been I, had to like, do the... I had a little bit of a gap from not playing for him. I think it was two thousand and eight. Did the cube had shut down? Yeah, and they'd moved to a place called uh, venue in Tomberdon. It were, and yeah. at, at that time I worked with one. Of the, I was working with one of the DJs, Sammy Love. Yeah. So he said, around and said, you know, you want to come start playing for us down there? We'll make you a resident. So I started playing down it's there for a, again probably about eighteen months to two years or something like that. It's not a, it's not a bad brand to be associated with, is it? No, really? it's, it's just it's, it's one that we always looked up to. You know, it's, it's, it was definitely one that I ticked off the list. You know, yeah. that at that point when I was a teenager, what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. You know, and I I got there eventually. You know what I mean? Do you think that it's weird how you how your goals change and progress? I know it's just natural, but I remember when I was younger. I was like, oh, I'd love to play in a nightclub. And then you play in a nightclub, it's like, oh, I'd love to play for this yeah. night. And then and then it goes on and on and on. And it's like, now it's like, I love producing music. Oh, I'd love to to produce with this person. Or I'd love to release on this label. And it's like, once you achieve it, it's right right on to the next. So you yeah, never, you ever do. fulfilled You're never as a creative. Are you? no, no. Never, ever. Um, it's it's one of them things where you can you can get a massive achievement. But as a creative, you know, you always look forward, not back. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. And it's only it's only when you sit down and reflect on what you've done in the past that you realise, shit, we've actually we've done a bit here. Do you know what I mean? It's come a long way since. It's like the DJ side of it. I mean, I mean, I've, I've always considered myself. You know, I've never been, you know, a big name or anything like that. And yeah. I've never even really quite made it. Do you know what I mean? I've always kind of like been there. Do you know what I mean? But everything that I set out to do as a teenager. I kind of did, do you know what I mean? So the way I say it is, if you if you went and told your fourteen year old self of the stuff you've achieved and done in that time, you'd be like, "Oh, it'd have been blown away." Do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, as I say, you just progress as an artist, or don't you? That's, that's what it is. So you've started playing um, for a minute here and that, and you've uh, down at the venue, and then um, what? What's next for you? Uh, that was like a bit of a. Yeah, you know, I think that was like when you know, you know the like the quiet time with the scene after that was two thousand and two. That's when it started going on the decline a little bit, didn't it? Yeah. If you remember. Um, so I think I took a year out. I, I didn't really DJ at all, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't bother going on on my decks or anything like that. And I think started again maybe 2011 late on 2011 I had a bit of time you know lads orders and stuff like that mm. uh, and that's when I started trying to DJ and but then obviously at this point I'd already started trying to produce and stuff like that as well do you know what I mean so that's yeah. where production again started taking over a little bit yeah so I wasn't really pushing for bookings at that point do you know what I mean yeah and then it got to 2011 that's when the bridge started at Accrington right. and it was like my first booking back you know, for years, mm. and bear in mind at that point, I'd been playing at Amenity and Kinetic previously, where they drew quite big crowds and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I got this, this booking for a launch night at the Bridge. Camera, like old Tom, I can't remember his name. And uh, I got myself probably geared up for it and stuff like that. I thought, yeah, I'll get back to it and stuff. Now and I turned up, and the night was absolutely shite. Yeah. And it, it, it just knocked me a little bit. I thought, you know, this isn't what I remember, kind of thing. Well, I think everyone's played to an empty room, even the best in the business, so I wouldn't worry about it yeah. at all. It's just one of them. Sometimes you get a good night, sometimes you don't. That's that's what it is. I've played to apps. I've played to less than the bar staff. Like in some in some cases, I remember turning to a gig, and I I was playing. Um, I think so. Peak hour was like midnight, and I was only eleven till twelve. So just before headline set, and. Um, I remember that it was that day that the bar staff woman went downstairs to the bar below, <laughs> so there was nobody in the club at all, just yeah. me and just playing myself. I mean, I've, I've, I've played to empty clubs and stuff like that before, you know, I mean, a lot of the early years, me, I just played warm-up anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, spent, I spent years for Stempy, like, town to town and that, you know, playing warm-up sets for, for free, in the, you know, for yeah. years, do you know what I mean? And then, it wasn't, I think, like, when I started playing at Amenity, that's when I started getting some later sets, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, peak time sets and stuff like that. That's the thing. It's like you've got to you've got to learn the craft, haven't you? Like I played for free for years, and it's just it was just so I had that experience in a club. I could get used to yeah, just the sound system, and you could also get used to um, like the interact. Like fair enough, you could be the best DJ in the world in your bedroom, but if you can't read the crowd, well, that's then what, yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, that's the art of warm up, isn't it? You know, that's yeah. why I'm glad that I spent years doing warm because you, you definitely teaches you know what if you can you make like ten or fifteen people first come into a club, start dancing, yeah, you know, and keep them there, and then get when people coming in, you know, you've nailed it really, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, you're playing for this start, this start up night. Can you remember what it's called? No. Yeah, no, I can't off the top of it. It was a fancy dress thing that they had going. No one yeah. turned up in fancy dress either. <laughs> so the ones who never turned up anyways, uh, he's, he's, it's one of them, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I can't remember what it was called, to be honest with you. I think a lot of the, you remember Infected Digital, I think all yeah. of them, lot, a lot of them lads were there as well. I'm oh, seeing yeah. stuff like that. I can't remember what the, the bounce that was called, to be honest with you. I've not got the flyer anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> right, so yeah, so you, you're sort of moving on again. He's... Um, you're starting to sort of get a, a few gigs and yeah and i started stuff. putting more regular mixes out you know on, online and stuff like that so yeah. i mean i started getting a couple more bookings i played if, in 2012 I, I played sopranos as well where i played the i think it was summer spectacular three or two or three i can't remember yeah. what that was that was with anton and john john johnny b yeah i read johnny b i like johnny b yeah uh, anton was a good dj as well to be fair um 
I think the, there's the the they both had their own styles and that as well. Yeah, they? Anton, like, uh, Anton Defield is on unique style. We yeah. used to disagree on tunes all the time. So That's right. I was going to say that. I remember. I remember. I was. It was in Fids one night, and I was talking to him, and he doesn't differ away from from what he liked. He oh, no, knew what he much, liked. Yeah, 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 very much what he wanted to do. He did. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you so you DJing for the these nights, and you sort of you, you get in there. Um, so the, is, and you're still doing the production at the side as well. Yeah, I was trying, you know, trying to get a lot better at that at the time. I mean, I, in 2009, I went I actually went to college in Accrington for you know just did a music B tech. Yeah. So that's where you know he started proper trying to take over. He did start taking over my DJ inside a whole lot more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What I found the frustrating thing was at that time when I was you know trying to mix my own tracks next to other people's you know better producers and yeah. it sounded shit and it was. Frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, very frustrating. Um, so then, when when would you say was your first like big booking where you where you were like, I'm proud to be to be here? Right uh, I got booked for Bound Seven. It was, and that was at Warehouse One in Blackburn. And right. it was at that time. I'd even though my tunes were crap, I'd sell me on the record label on Bound Seven. Mm. It was Lockdown Records, and I got a booking on the flyer. Just give it Lockdown Records, and that was the first one that I was, you know. Yeah. I thought you know, I'm pretty proud because obviously that was a brand that I always wanted to play for as well. It's a great brand, mate. Um, I, that I like I've said this in previous podcasts as well. When I've talked to people, um, and I've and whatnot, and like when I got into it, I was like looking online for what nights to go to and like oh, what do I want to go. And I remember seeing the Bounce Heaven events, and I was just like. They they put on a show. Them, do you see them events at fifty three degrees yeah. and stuff? They put on a show. It, it's like it's a profession. Like you've you've got your DJs on with with a selected MC. It's not just like fucking swap and drop MCs. Yeah, it's, it was nice, like, it's all organised. It was it? organised, and then you got to see producers showcased as well. Like you obviously had. Fucking, well, I think back then, Bound Seven was the first one of its. You know, to try and work it that way within Bounce, if I might remember right, because obviously yeah. all the national anthem CDs used to be just like a whoever was, a, yeah, whoever whoever was whoever, there, yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but as I say, like this, this was like <coughs> this is a bit of me, this, this is this is what it's about, like so yeah, I, I fondly look back at that, them sort of. I still listen to the CD packs now, to be honest with you, but just as a little bit of a nostalgia thing. So I used yeah. to, I used to get ripped off fucking AJ, right? Like. He used to, everyone else used to sell the CD packs, but he was his was more expensive. But because I like like I wanted to listen to outsource, I wanted to listen to bad behaviour sets where it was yeah. just like outsource would go back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Fitzy and Rossi B, or like do you know what I mean? Or Total Control. Like I wanted to listen to a, a set that's dedicated to them, where I know it's going to be good good audio and that. So as well as buying like the, the Sanctuary CDs and stuff like that, I remember buying Sanctuary CDs and it was like I can't remember the price. Just say it was a tenner. AJ would sell the CD packs at 20 quid a pack and I'm just like I could get two Century CD packs or I could get one Bounce Heaven and it's just like yeah it's a bit more expensive <laughs> I, think, I think at that point as well I had, I had quite a few things going at that point because I used to do, have a residency in uh, a place called Cooler in Bury, which right. was uh, another local night that was over that way called Reloaded uh, so it was only a small thing but they used to play for a place called Maxwell's in Bury as well yeah I think you might have heard of that one yeah they used to do that back in the day and I, I, that's when I, I I entered the deviation competition for Sanctuary yeah. at that point. I think about 2012. Were you on the same year as me? Yeah. Uh, I, 2012, I did it. I think it was 2011, 2012. 2012, uh, it was. Uh, I was on with Anton. Um, I can't remember. There was me, Anton. I think Johnny Baker was on. 
Uh, I think Kirill's might be on like Ryder and Lewis P and stuff like that. Right. Um, oh, mine may, may have been the year after, but some of them names were on the year after as well, actually. Mine was like Philbin and. Uh, yeah, I think you might have been year after year me. Year after then. then, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I did that and then I was on holiday in Fort Ventura with my, my son and my missus. Mm. And I got a message on. I was actually going onto the computer on the holiday thing, you know, checking if I mm. had anything back. And uh, I got put on again in a room two for deviation. It was a sanctuary winter, like a winter warmer, I think it were. Yeah. But they, they closed the second room, so they chose a couple of us to play the main room, and I got chose to play that main room. So that was like the first main room, like sanctuary event that I played for. Not bad. Well, didn't you play what the warm up was it? Uh, I think I was on second or third. Right. So you were like, what were you, what type of stuff were you playing? Uh, I played I played classics. To be honest, I started with, I started with bloody head check. <laughs> <laughs> Because obviously, if you get that that opportunity, you want to seize it, don't you? Yeah. Like, like I've I, I, I played a couple more times for for sanctuary. That after that, I played. I think it was one of the birthday events that was in Wigan. They had stunt on as a PA. Yeah. Uh, was that fourteenth birthday? Fourteenth birthday, yeah, I think yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, like a red flyer. If I remember right. Yeah, yeah. And then I played with Swifty as well. The New Year's Eve it were two thousand and thirteen to fourteen. That was at Buzz Night Club. That yeah, was, a, that yeah, was yeah. a messy night. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, if I remember rightly, around this time, I, I'm just assuming now. I'm I'm sorry, um, but you did Fantasy Island. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Fantasy Island. Yeah. I remember seeing that and thinking, "Ooh, that's different!" Like, yeah, well, it was a bit of a surprise booking to be honest. I can't actually, to be honest with you, I actually fully remember how it came about. I got a yeah. quote for it. I think I can't remember if John messaged me on on Facebook or whatever it were. But there was a few of us, like Benji was Benji Wright was on. Yeah. And, uh, but again, you know that was so that was supposed to be the. I think that was supposed to be the Friday because it was obviously it's a weekender. Mm. I think it was supposed to be the Friday, but they cancelled the Friday. So a lot of the lads got let down and said, you know, you, you know, don't go. But then a few of us still went and we played the main event on the on the Saturday, yeah. which was Frequency versus it Monta Musica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a bit of an eye opener, to be honest. <laughs> is that the first experience of Machina? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a different vibe, isn't it? It's not for me. <laughs> no, I, I'll be honest with you. I like a lot of it. I do. Um, it's a lot, of, I, and, and this is why I don't understand why people don't like it. It's because if you listen to it, a lot of them just sound like bounce tunes, right? Yeah. And then if you listen to their, they've got a thing. I think it's called uh, Rayer or Rider or something like that. It's like it's like a Spanish thing, and it, it's literally just porky, but at that speed, yeah. like, and, and I'm like, how can people not like it? If if you, if you like porky, or and you you should like that. If you like bounce music, you should like some of the the. Because there's some really euphoric machina tunes, like, um, well, I think so, anyways. But maybe because in my area we were brought up, like the, the the three things we were all brought up on it was it was bounce, Italian, and machina. That was yeah, what it was. Yeah, there. Italian's big around here as well, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, but that was uh, you know that was probably one of my favourite bookings that I'd, I'd done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, me and Benji went back to back, and we had to play a bounce at like I think it was like 158 BPM because we'd followed a, a machina set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think Benji'd have been in his element. He yeah, likes that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, so. were, I, I would tear him the air out because I usually play about like one fifty or something. Yeah. <laughs> I never ever play past one fifty. Um, like, and I've made a point of it. And years ago, I remember turning up to uh, an event in Bolton, 
um, I was playing for and who was on before me I can't even remember maybe maybe Joe Taylor I think yeah Joe um, Taylor fast, and he, he was playing at like 155 and I was going back to back with Joe Reflex yeah uh, Jamie, Jamie Cousins, Cousins. I was back to back with him I remember going on and I said to Jamie I said listen mate I said I'm not playing at 155 and I, from then that was like the last he was like well we'll have to keep the pace up so I think we knocked it down a little tiny bit but I think that was the last time I made the conscious decision of like I said from now on whoever's on it they just have to deal with me slowing down they'll get yeah. used to it after a couple of tunes because I just thought I just think it doesn't need to be that for me personally it doesn't need to be that fast and if I'm playing at a speed that I'm not where I don't enjoy it and it's not like I don't want to be there yeah so, so I tend to pick the pace up a little so like usually if I start a set I'll, depending on what time it is and who's been playing before me or sometimes I'll start at like one four eight something like that, and then yeah. as the set goes on, I'll pace it up towards the end of it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Pick it up a bit. Sure. But if you coming on at fucking three four in the morning, and you it's one five five, you can't pace that up right, anymore. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So last night, for instance, I started at one one four four because um, I was on first uh, warm up, and I was playing like some old sort of like played. I think played like DJ Quicksilver. Um, uh, played uh, some old Dutch stuff. Um, nice warm stuff. Yeah, and then I just sort of seeing how the room was going. They like they like the sort of like pumping stuff. So I moved moved forward and started playing them. And then to the euphoric trancey stuff. And then I was just pitching it up. I think I finished up. I left. I give it to heads up after me at one four eight. And but even still, they I knew that they wanted it a little bit faster. So I just just pitch, kept pitching, yeah, it up pitching it up because. For me personally, I'd probably for a first hour I'd have finished at like one four six. That's just my. If I was if I if I was doing the whole night, uh, that's what I'd have done. And then I'd I'd have I'd have peaked at the end of the night at one fifty. Yeah. And then I just won't exceed it. That's just maybe me being stubborn. No, I mean, I'd, if I do a warm, I'd probably start at like one four five or something for a first warm up. Me personally, if I, if I had my own choice, mate, I'd be starting at one three eight. <laughs> like uh, like like see for me now, I, I, if I if I knew I could get away with it, right. And like obviously, I've spotted your your fractal album there. Um, I'd I'd play loads of untidy stuff at the at the beginning of the night. If I if I knew people re would react, like the bounce heads would react to it, I'd play one three two, like yeah. one three two, and then I'd build it up, up and up and up and up. Because there's nothing worse, right? I've went in a club at like nine at nine at night, and it's been at one fifty straight away, and like me as a DJ, I've been in the in the club for went to go on so three or four hours or whatever and I'm just like this hasn't progressed anywhere and I'm starting to get a bit bored of it yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean whereas if you start off slower you can play a different selection of tunes and then move forward well, I think that's why I like you know why I got more into hard house again because there's you know there's a lot more elements that go into you know there's a lot of different styles in there do you know what I mean I mean, obviously with bounce you've got your energy and stuff like that yeah it's all, it's all pretty much the same structure as well though do you know what I mean yeah whereas hard house there is a big it's, it's a range isn't there it there is a range yeah because obviously you've got your hard trance move up yeah. as well you know and stuff like that I'd say you've got your energy like type hard house as well where it's Blair and Hoovers yeah. um, that's not really for me that type of stuff it's like, well, that's like 155 as well, well like you see some people playing it and producing it and then you've got like your funky hard house like you sort of call it your digital mafia style yeah, stuff yeah. Oh, and then you've stuff. got your untidy stuff that's a bit slower and it's chunky and it's got l all the elements are dead like crisp and clear yeah. I know that some of them are quite gritty and saturated but but it's all, they're always dead 
clear in the mix. Um, and then, as I say, that, that the range, there's so much to play with. Like, if I didn't feel like doing a bounce tune one day, like, you're quite restricted in what you can do if you're trying to be productive with, you, with your sets. It's Whereas if you're in Hard House, you'd be like, oh, I don't fancy doing it. I mean, a lot of my yeah. tracks that I do now, my Hard House stuff, you know, it's a variation, different, yeah. different range. You know, I mean, some of them are like, there's one that I, you know, I think it's like 136 or something like that. You know, it's a bit more techno influence. And I have, like I have noticed it, mate. I have noticed. Um, so we'll get on to that if that's all right. Um, because um, obviously you 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 were talking we talking about DJ sets and that we'll get into your production. Um, so you were, you were producing bounce tunes. I think when I first heard of you, you you were doing you doing um maybe like odd bit with Fred. Um, yeah. You were doing stuff under that reactive. Reactive DJs. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's what I was trying to do like uh, you know the bumping stuff that I was in at the time. Yeah. I think I, I mean I was doing I mean because I was never really a massive fan of it. I think that's a point you know I was trying to do what I thought people wanted to listen to which obviously for me when I look back it was probably a mistake do you know what I mean you know, yeah people pleasing people pleasing you know my art wasn't really in, in it do you know what I mean yeah uh, yeah I started doing a few bits with Fred because I mean originally I, I used to produce on Reason right uh, and obviously everyone else was using FL Studio so I couldn't collaborate with anyone it would drive me nuts yeah so it was it was Fred that you know got me onto FL Studio really you know I showed him the ropes for it really yeah I, I learned quite a bit you know just looking at some projects and stuff like that yeah um so then so when you've been producing and stuff like that um i hope you don't mind me saying this um but i remember like you did you take like a little break in between like maybe 2016 or something like i remember not hearing your stuff for a while and then i all of a sudden heard it and it was like the production was just my daughter well so my daughter was born in 2015 february 2015 right. so yeah i took a i took about a year off doing and i mean I, I did little bits at home and stuff but yeah. i didn't play anything out you know obviously family see. time and stuff like that see i don't pay attention to what everyone's doing <laughs> <laughs> no but it's one of them things that when you came back your production was like much much better as well like i remember hearing one of your tunes and i was like that kick drum sounds heavy like that's nice like nice and like not not so much hard but it was like it was hitting in the right place. I just put a lot. I just put a bit more time into you know learning rather than you know just making. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think prior to that I was just chucking tunes out left right and centre. You know I was doing it's like three or four tunes a week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just chucking them out there. Just for this, I think it was for the sake of getting them out there because I, yeah. I wanted to be there still. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I took took that year out, spent obviously family time, and then just learning as well. You know, just watching various things online and stuff, just experimenting. So you you sort of like um, you you learn that you, you're refining your craft sort of thing, um, and so from what 2016 till 2020 you were just doing the bounce bits, just and bounce stuff. and stuff. Yeah, obviously right. doing a few bits with Fred. Uh, I think it's 2018, uh, 2019. I started doing bits for, with JJ, you know, for Relay Records. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know, just just like remixes. We did a lot of cover remixes and stuff yeah. like. You know, I think we tried to loosely base on like all around the world kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Cover remixes and stuff like that. I mean, they had a, a couple of decent sellers on there. To be fair. Yeah, you did. Uh, was it Rhythm of the Night? Yeah, you that's. Did, well, that I, I think that's my most like downloaded and played track. Right. To be honest with you. You did uh, the eyeball pole tune, didn't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you did. Let me think. Did you do silver water as well? I did silver water as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, we, I did promise land with. That was me, JJ and Carrick. We did that together. Yeah. Um, so then, you've you, you in when the pandemics hit. Uh, what? Obviously, we've talked off pod, but we'll talk. We'll talk about it now. So what? What? What's happened with with 
why would you just like went and started doing the hard house stuff? I mean, you took to it like a duck in water, but what I mean is, what, what was what was the? Uh, well, I mean, when, when lockdown first hit, I started I, uh, I started like uh, I think it was like nostalgia feeling to it. To be honest, with you. I started making a lot of bounce stuff that was slower, but it was more like early 2000s bounce, you know what I mean, very yeah. very little vocals, you know, little raps and stuff like that, little riffs, mm. and then I, I purposely tried to make them sound old, if you know what I mean, Yeah. you know, like the way I mixed them and, you know. Well, can you remember when you done Feel the Rhythm for me? Yeah, And then that's you, the, yeah, that's around the time actually. Yeah, well you, you messaged me saying, listen, there isn't much processing on this, I want it to sound raw, purposely, so it sounds older, it's like, that's fair enough mate, I, I like the vibe you went for, because it sounded very much like the the late 90s stuff yeah. that i like so you sort of nailed it but yeah you go carry on mate. Sorry so then that. uh i started listening to hard house at home again you know going through rec vinyls and stuff like that mm. and i thought you know i've always wanted to give this a go really i was getting a little bit bored of making bounce yeah so i just started trying to i mean at first the, the, the first ones they sounded like bounce tracks just with the hard house elements and if you like my first dp on cheeky tracks yeah. very much like the, the offbeat basses they're at 150 bpm yeah you know the riffs are very you know bounce oriented there's a couple of like old 90s rave stabs in there for a bit of a, a bit of a rhythm right but yeah so so you made the conscious effort of like i'm just gonna make it for myself rather than yeah, just, that well, I mean, because so at that point, I mean, it's still to the point now. Really, I, I wasn't listening to purposely listening to any new hard house or anything like that. I yeah. wanted to literally make it how I wanted it to sound and what I enjoyed listening to. This is where I made the the conscious effort to make sure I'm not doing it now to please people. I'm literally making what I want to make and yeah. what I think sounds good and how I want it to sound. Yeah. So did you did you have a a, a refall in love with production after that? Yeah, I massively. Can, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah um, massively. I'm just going off what how like I've had these moments as well where I've like I want to try and focus on this and and it makes you fall in love with it all over again because you're just pleasing yourself and then if anybody else likes it it's a bonus and if any else anyone else wants to sign the record that's even a bonus yeah, as well yeah like, definitely um so you what 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 are you doing like so right throughout lockdown yeah I've seen you do bits and bobs with with this style but right now what what's your what's your focus and your aims on um just to make i want i want to try and get myself a little album going for spotify to be honest with you. you know i have my own stuff i want to get an album's worth of stuff together and hopefully put it out i thought you did that you know yeah i was i had i had planned to do it but i ended up just putting it on soundcloud for the time being because i wanted to spend a bit more time on it but i kind of yeah. i think i kind of rushed it a little bit to be honest with you now that i look back yeah so my, my aim for this year is not i'm not going to be releasing as much for the first half of the year at least because i want to get like i was saying earlier you know a catalog of tunes going mm not release them not even put them out there really but then just totally try and get this you know like a 12 track album or something like that yeah the thing is right like there's the thing with the argument between um album and singles and how people perceive it like people can listen to an album and then it's just forgot about or like but if, if you if you've released an album it's, it's a body of work isn't it yeah. at that moment in time i've always preferred albums but i know singles seem to do better in today's day and age with streaming and people are what is it 30 second engagement and then that's it they've yeah, gone, it's, and gone. It's, it's all it's all it's, it's, it's rubbish it's but it's the way of the world at the minute but i love albums i love listening to like i don't know say like bk's heartbeat for instance like like you listen to that and it's like one body of work and yeah. it's like that's where that's where his head was in that space at that time or listening to like a sum 41 album you listen to it and it's like that's their peak that's their year, year. Yeah, and then they release a new album oh it's not as good as the last one or the recent new album it's like oh this is 
is better than the last one. It's like it leaves it in anticipation, and there's a lack of it within our scene. I, I think, anyways. Um, it's like people bringing albums out, and it's like appreciate that that time. And yeah, eat, it and, a lot and of time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like it, it's like if you release an album now, imagine the difference between 2019 Gibby and 2023 Gibby. Yeah. Like, like it's. It, it, well, I mean, because I was going, because I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a bit of a track list for it going together. So I had to look through some of my older tracks, you know, and then I played them next to some of my new ones. I thought, you know, I can't put that on there. Hmm. So I've revisited a lot of old projects as well. You know, I've, I've remastered them, I've tidied them up a little bit, added a few things, taken a few things out that weren't too, you know, purely yeah. just for, for for release on an album. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, are you looking to do any like hard house gigs or like that? Not particularly, no. If I'm absolutely yeah. honest, you know, yeah. I, I, if I if I get a couple of gigs, you know, I, I, it'd be, I'd, I'd enjoy it. I, I, yeah. I don't actively go out looking for DJ bookings anymore. Oh no, not look for them. But I mean, if you would you would you be would you be thrilled in the idea of turning up to somewhere and getting to play all oh, your yeah, hard out stuff? Yeah. But in, that, that's in, that's so you know that's what I want to do. If I do DJ, you know, yeah. I want to try and go and play my own stuff. Yeah, you know, I've, I've spent years trying to play. We're playing other people's stuff. Like, you know, I want to just solely focus on what I want to do now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're in we're in a thing, right? And this is it's a decent discussion point actually. Um, do you know when you see people within the scene and it's like I, I've seen this this argument so many times. It's like there's no more headliners in our scene, and I'm like, mm, it's like other than the obvious four or five there is so you'd have your ultra beats your your andy whippies your do you know what i mean the yeah. ones that them ones but like artists um there should be artists doing albums and it's like because people would come to like i know for a fact you've got your your little following the the maybe four or five people would travel to see you do a gibby set where they know for a fact you're just going to play your own stuff and it's going to be like i've come to to a club to hear specifically his style of yeah. stuff like like you would go and see like a pop punk band like if you've seen fucking blink 182 they're they're they're, they're going to be doing some like uh tour you're going to hear their stuff and you're going to hear them do covers of everyone else's stuff do you, so, do you know what i'm coming yeah. from yeah so, so what i think uh, what i enjoy about doing doing hard house now producing is that you know i don't i'm, I'm very very new to the scene you know there's not yeah. probably a lot of people that don't know who i am i don't know a lot of people in there which is well i'm sort of just focusing on basically just sort of focusing on the music now rather than you know the politics of things and yeah the thing is like i think i think if i could come back and do it all again and approach it i i sometimes think to myself i'd love to do this nameless do you know does yeah. that make sense like i'd love to just be put it put out and judged on the quality of my work rather than who i am as a person because yeah. let's face it right there's people out there who will see your name on a track and be like oh, i'm not even gonna listen to it right yeah, or yeah, at the yeah. same time on the on the when the other extreme is the the they'll share it amazing tune and they haven't even listened to it yet but just because they know who you, you are, who you are i've got share, I, yeah. i've got no shame in saying this as well um i know there's people out there who would share my stuff and be like brad's new tune oh, it's amazing and i know for a fact they haven't even listened to the full track they've just like because it's me and they just want to support me which i appreciate that, that they'll do that and then, as I said, the other extreme is they wouldn't even give it thirty seconds because oh, I listened to a tune he did back in two thousand and twelve, yeah, and it was yeah, just, yeah. it was yeah. it was shit. So why should I listen to this one? 
that, that that's the that's the way it is but i would love to just come in as a nameless person and put something out and someone go who's this fucking new fella he's he's yeah. he's, he's, he's he's extremely shit like <laughs> like do you know what i mean oh, or he's extremely good but like i mean i like to think I've, i'm not i've not done too bad so far in hard house you know i get quite a few people sharing my stuff and you know i've I think I had Amber D played a couple of mine on the radio show she was doing in Leeds. Yeah, that's good. Which you know, which was at, at the point that was I think that was end of lockdown. She played. A, I did a cover of My Head Is a Jungle for Cheeky Tracks. Yeah, she played that, which was. I like that. I like that. It's nice pumping that. Um, <clears throat> what I was going to ask you is, so like, see when you when you're doing this and you you catering for yourself and stuff like that, are you are you hearing because you're if you don't mind me saying you're more of a stay-at-home producer now aren't you yeah. really are you are you are you getting feedback from djs who's playing your, your music when you send it out uh, i have done a few times i mean i've had a few videos since before my the tidy weekender and stuff like that. i have a couple of my tracks being played you know some of the out, outdoor bad, tents and arenas and stuff like yeah. that so you know for me that's decent feedback yeah that, and we talked off pod as well and i said i'd i'd love not to be a dj i love the interaction as, as dj and it's it's something that you chase and it's like it's like a drug almost it's like i don't remember in lockdown and then dj'd out somewhere in a while and i was like it's like you're chasing crack like it's like yeah. i need i need yeah. that fix but i'd happily i'd happily not dj if i was getting seeing how the crowd reacting to my tunes so if i sent it to a dj and they were just like oh yeah this went this is from thing today i'd be like right i'm satisfied i've got my little fix no one that might I'd, I'd love to just be locked in my little room where i can produce tunes be introverted as fuck not talk to anybody i mean i do a podcast and i talk to loads of people but that's, that's beside the point it's more it's more the, the the idea of getting all the time to focus your energy into producing and then put it out there as i think it's just when you concentrate on doing your own thing there's no you know, obviously, you try, when you try to chase it, there's no pressure. I don't feel like a, there's a pressure where I need to think, you know, fuck, I've got to make a tune today. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I don't have a set day yeah. where I'll do it. You know, some days I won't, I won't come in here for for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I just get the, you know, if I think, oh, I could, I've got an idea into my head today, and I'll, I'll come spend the day in here, do you know what I mean? You've got no restrictions either no. because because you're not catering towards somebody or certain sound. You, you're catering to what you feel like doing that day. Maybe it's like... Like sometimes I, I come in into my, my studio and I'll just listen to, to music and I'll be like, I fancy doing this today and I'll start writing something and then the next day I don't feel like that anymore. And yeah. then I'll come back to it a week later and go back to it and do it. That's just the way it is, isn't it? It's like, it, it should be like that. You shouldn't be, oh, right, who's got, who, who's big at the minute? Right, we'll, we'll copy that sound and then we'll replicate that and then we'll try, we'll try and get big as well. Well, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I, I stopped actively doing like producing bounce music as much because i found that i was if, i was trying to recreate sound too much you know what i mean what i thought was going to work yeah you know, you know of what people are already doing and i didn't like the idea of it to be honest with you as much as that sound would work you know at, at one point some of my tunes started sounding like foot rockers and that's when i stopped doing it yeah um as i say you can't help but take influence from people absolutely but if you if you're at a point where you think or people are going to think I'm just yeah. a, and you should, you should make the conscious decision well I got a, I got a comment on one of my SoundCloud tracks I can't remember which one it were now and it said foot rock and Mark Turner for I know what fuck this <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I yeah. you, you know I've nothing compared to Fred you know what I mean I, I, didn't, I didn't want to start being labelled as someone who's trying to rip off a sound do you know what I mean yeah and uh, one thing that uh, w this is a pretty good discussion point actually so when when you when you're producing tracks and stuff like that do you not think 
I get this with the podcast. I get a lot of lovely, really nice, heartly comments. There's people out there who listen to this every week and they're like, I wait for it coming out and stuff like that. And that that it means a lot to me. But do you not think you put when when someone puts one negative comment, right? You seem to you, you focus on it. So there's like a million different comments around here, and then there's one where it's and it's like, oh no. And well, then you can't, you can't. It'll, go around, it'll go around in my head for days, yeah. stuff like that. So, like <laughs> for instance, uh, we'll just use that 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 foot rocker mark two comment. I bet you 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 sat and and it, and it just fucking yeah, yeah, it weighed me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, steam on it, yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't p- purposely trying to do it. Yeah, and obviously I'd worked on a few tunes with him. Mm-hmm. You just pick up things, just don't pick you? Up, don't you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? But as I say, like yeah. Um, so what I was going to do is um, we'll sort of tie it up today. We've got a really good body of podcast um i was we're gonna do questions but i mean fucking we've got we've got like a good story off you there like i don't i don't want to deviate away from it do you know what i mean like i thought that was really good um so is, is there anything that you'd like to add on to the, the your productions before we sort of sort of close this up today just cheers for everyone who listens to my music really <laughs> but like as i said if, if, is, there, is there anything you can give me that's like sort of exclusive that might um that, that might get people excited what this album have you got any insight onto the album uh, I'm thinking about putting a few samples out over the next few weeks to be honest with some of the stuff I've been working on right so keep an eye out for that uh, where can people find you uh, Facebook they can buy a toolbox, dig- toolbox digital for my downloads yep. my hard house stuff uh, I've got obviously club digital for me bound stuff yeah, uh, you're on Spotify as well. Spotify as well, yeah. I've yeah. got a Gibby account and a Danny Gibson one. It's mental that we're, we're in a day and age where we've got to plug all these different mad shit. Like, like uh, Spotify here and Toolbox Digital yeah. here, and it's it's like. There's my SoundCloud as yeah. well. Yeah. Should be like 20 years ago. Just go and buy the CD. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming on, mate. But before we close up, I just want to ask, um, like I have with everyone, uh, you're going to get the electric chair. Um, you're not that much of a bad guy to be honest with you so I don't know what you're getting it for maybe mistaken identity or something <laughs> like that uh, you're about to get the electric chair and you, you're having one more meal what you're having you can have a starter main dessert and a drink you don't need to have all of it but that, that's what, that's what's available uh, I'm notorious to buffer takeaways me so my main would be a Babolis pizza it's not there anymore it shut down two years ago if right. I have one more of them I'd have it what's it called Terry? Babolis Babolis and what would you get? What, what? Uh, just a cheese and tomato pizza <laughs> <laughs> bland that mate I'm disappointed cheese and tomato <laughs> although although if it's fucking if it's, it's that it good for, it was there for 25 years it yeah. was good yeah if it's that good then yeah. go for it are uh, you getting any like sides or out like that to go with it cheesy, Chill- che- cheesy chips cheesy chips uh, <laughs> you're not a veggie or out are you no 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 um, you going to have a drink to wash it down yeah pint of bitter pint of bitter nice what bit did you go for uh, piston broke it's called it's a local one local I was going to say I can't say I've heard of it um, yeah, nice yeah, one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just want to say thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, give Gibby a message and just say like, if you if you're interested in this stuff, let him know. Um, do you know what I mean? If if you've heard a tune, you think fuck, that's a good tune. That let him know. It's, sometimes I think um, comments and messages can go a long way. Do you know what I mean? Um, um, and as I say, like if you've enjoyed this podcast, then subscribe. Join that one thousand people, or sorry, one thousand and twenty people, people. <laughs> um, who's who's now on uh, on the YouTube. So yeah, um, share it with your mates. Stick it in your WhatsApp groups as well. If you think you've got mates out there who, who enjoy this, like the music crack, and even a bit of bit of a, of a just light hearted banter, um, 
share it with them and let them know because it's the only way we get bigger. Um, and as I say, follow Gibby on all his socials, his Spotify, his, uh, as I say, his Toolbox, his SoundCloud. Um, and it's time to refresh for any questions you've got as well and, and put the little clips and that out on there. Just want to say thanks for listening. I'll see you later. <laughs>